The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Marketing at Lightspeed with your host, Ethan Raziel. Many companies don't even know where to start when it comes to marketing and PR. That's why we're here right now. Get ready to learn the secrets that experts have known for years. We'll cover everything from social media to your website. Can you hear the sales growing? Now, here's Ethan Raziel. And good evening. I'm Ethan Raziel. And welcome to Marketing at Lightspeed. I am thrilled to have you join us on this lovely evening or lovely afternoon or lovely morning, depending on what part of the world you're in. We do have listeners from all over the world. And we are live all over the world right here on the Voice America network on the business channel. I want to start by thanking Carpenter Group and Polly Carpenter. They do their part in making this show possible by letting me use their space in which to record the show. You should check out CarpenterNYC.com. Carpenter is a full-service design and branding agency, and they do incredible award-winning work. So check out Carpenter Group. So who am I? Again, I'm your host, Ethan Raziel, and I head up Lightspeed PR. It's a public relations agency that is based here in glamorous Brooklyn, New York. Before that, I spent number of years as a reporter for Gannett, and I was uh, with Edelman Public Relations for almost 15 years, during which time I met both of the guests that will be on the show in a few minutes. After that, I spent a number of years with Samsung Electronics as Director of Communications. Now, why do I tell you all this? All these companies that I worked with were enormous global corporations with a tremendous amount of process and bureaucracy and red tape and all colors of tape. And when I left Samsung, I founded, with my partner Amanda, Lightspeed PR. That was about three years ago now. And the whole premise of that was to be able to do what I love, which is marketing, without all that process and all that bureaucracy. That's why I call the company Lightspeed. And I've learned a lot over the past three years, and... I want to share some of that wisdom here with you on this show, Marketing at Lightspeed. Of course, my guests are even smarter than me, tonight being no exception, and they're going to share with you some of the things they've picked up over the years. Our first guest is going to be Mr. Jonathan Spira. Jonathan is the co-author of The History of Photography, which was named Best Book of the Year by the New York Times. That's pretty cool. And he's the author of the pop culture crossover bestseller, Overload, How Too Much Information is Hazardous to Your Organization. And he's also written a business strategy book, Managing the Knowledge Workforce. And Jonathan has a new book coming out. It is the critically acclaimed Meditations and Reflections on the Loss of a Sibling, A Brother's Lament. And Jonathan is also the co-founder of Acura Media Group, which publishes a number of magazines about 
travel, automotive, tech, and lifestyle. And Jonathan, uh, in a past life, was the head of a think tank called Basics. And that's, Jonathan, when I got to know you, and I'm looking forward to talking to you in a few minutes. Our second guest is Mr. Eddie Backash, and Eddie has combined two passions into one job, and those are computers and pearls. My wife has some of Eddie's jewelry. She has his pearl earrings, and uh, well, he also made her her wedding ring and my wedding ring. Eddie makes incredible jewelry, and his company has been around for more than 50 years, and it is AmericanPearl.com, and Eddie has incorporated a lot of really innovative techniques like 3D printing into that, and he's also uh, a visionary in 3D and has created a 3D web browser and some other cool stuff. So I'm looking forward to talking to Eddie about his inventions and his innovations in a little bit. So we're going to jump uh, right into that in just a minute. Before we do, here's how to reach me. You can call. I'd love to take calls from you. The number to call is 866-472-5790. You can email me. My email address is ethan at lightspeedpr.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ethan Raziel, and I would encourage you to check out my website, lightspeedpr.com. Now, in a few minutes, we're going to talk to the first of our two guests. But I want to share a little bit with you uh, some of my own insights to start. I saw something interesting on Facebook today. And it was a, a poster from featuring Michael Jordan, basketball player Michael Jordan. And he said something that, that I've seen before, but I was reminded of, of how powerful of a statement it is. He said, I never lost a game. I just ran out of time. And I thought to myself, that's really true. Whenever we fail at anything, it's just because we ran out of time. And that holds true for marketing as much as any other discipline. And I want to encourage you to think about it that same way. When you're putting together a campaign, you decide when it ends. And if you think there's still juice in the tank, and if you still think you can turn it around and make it work, then don't give up. That's what I've done. Not that I'm saying I'm Michael Jordan, but still, you can do the same. Another thing that I've learned, and I was thinking about, about Eddie and about American Pearl, and that is, you make the news. Now, this could be, you could be in public relations, you could be in advertising, you could be in direct marketing, you could be doing events, whatever it is, you need something interesting to say about your product, your service, yourself, whatever it is. And you decide what that is. It may not be obvious, but it's your job to figure out what you want to talk about. And the example I'll give you, and Eddie, you'll remember, the jewelry, the, the, I have trouble saying this, the jewelry replicator. And we'll talk about that in a minute when Eddie comes on. But we sat down a few years ago, and, and this is, this is when, when Eddie was a, a client of Lightspeed, and we wanted a way to raise awareness of Eddie's incredible 3D printing capabilities. And together we came up with this concept of the jewelry replicator. Imagine you have two earrings. You lose one. What do you do? What if it's not made anymore? Eddie has the capability to scan it and make that and then 3D print the other earring. Bring it back to life. It's just like on Star Trek when they could make copies of things. 
We just took the technology that he had, we positioned it in a new way. You can do the same. You may think that you have nothing new to talk about with your client, your product, your technology. I assure you, there's always a new way to position what you're doing. That's what we do as marketers. One more thing I wanted to talk about, and I think we're going to get into this a little bit later. This just came up when I was talking to, to Jonathan and to Eddie before the call here, and that is the importance of the quality of your voice. If you're a professional communicator, you're going to be spending a lot of time on the phone. And you would not believe how many times I'm talking to somebody who's shouting into a cell phone with a terrible connection, and it's muffled, and it's echoey, and you can't hear them, and they're doing their entire business that way. It's unacceptable. I just recently got a landline after about, I don't know, 15 years of, of not having one. And now that I have a landline in my home office, I can hear how bad everybody else sounds. I couldn't tell when I was on a cell phone because I just figured it was my cell phone. Now I know. You should consider doing the same. If you have, of course, a cell phone, some can connect to higher quality networks. You can do Wi-Fi calling and things like that. Figure out a way. Use a high quality headset. Use a high quality signal. Dial into a conference, like Uber conference, and you can record a conversation and play it back. You hear what you sound like. It makes a big difference, especially when you're talking to a client. You don't sound good. It's just like if you didn't shave. Would you show up unshaven and with wrinkled clothes? With something in your teeth to a meeting? That's what it's like when you use a crappy cell phone to do an important call. So don't make that mistake. I'm now obsessed with this topic, so I'm going to talk about it every week from now on. So those are just some things that I've learned over the past few years. If you want to hear some of the other things that I've learned from all the mistakes that I've made over my 20 years, go listen to the other episodes of Marketing at Lightspeed. They're on iTunes. You can check that out. You can also check out this episode of Marketing at Lightspeed on iTunes if you're just joining us. It's not too late. Not too late to correct your mistake of joining us late. You can get caught up. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Jonathan Spira. So stay with us. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you found that PR firms are overexpensive and underdeliver? Have you hired a smart team of senior pros and ended up with a young team of recent grads? Well, you're not alone. We've had the same experience. That's why we created Lightspeed PR. Lightspeed isn't like other agencies. We're here to deliver results and do it quickly. It's right there in the name. By the way, we can't bait and switch because junior team members don't exist at Lightspeed. Visit LightspeedPR.com and learn more. We are ready to help. That's LightspeedPR.com. Tune in to Insights and Strategies with Barbara Lang for a look into the issues that matter to you, such as economic growth and stability, quality education, strong neighborhoods, and accountable leadership. We'll also highlight leadership today. 
how it can be strengthened, and how it impacts your community. Insights and Strategies is heard live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. If you're interested in gaining strategies to be more successful both at work and your personal life, check out Turn the Page with host Hemda Mizrahi. It's all about building new habits and perspectives. The show helps you identify the changes you need to make that align with your values and priorities. And then apply these principles to your career, health, social life, and other areas. These are proven techniques that work. Turn the Page airs live Fridays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Marketing at Lightspeed with Ethan Raziel. We'd love to hear from you today. Call into the program at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to Ethan at lightspeedpr.com. Now back to the show. And welcome back. It's a pleasure as always to have you with us. I do want to mention that if you're interested in being a guest here on Marketing Your Lightspeed, drop me a line. We had a guest a couple of weeks ago that was a listener of the show, and he said, I want to be on, and then he was on. It's a little bit easier than getting on the Tonight Show. So uh, give me a shout. Jonathan, thank you for joining us on uh, this week's episode. Uh, it was my pleasure. Um, I do need to tell you, though, I kind of forgot to shave today. I'm glad you're still having me. <laughs> That's it. Get rid of him. Uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of like that uh, Nixon-Kennedy uh, debate thing, right, where, uh, where Kennedy uh, um, won the debate in, in, on TV, but Nixon did on the radio because uh, Nixon was unshaven, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, he, he had 5 o'clock shadow, which was really bad, but yes, uh, that was a problem. And he and was sweating, perspiring profusely, which yeah. Kennedy did not do. Well, I'm, I'm perspiring profusely right now, so, uh, so I guess you, you and I have something in common. So, uh, Jonathan, you, you and I have known each other for, for many years. Uh, I came into contact with you at, at least 10 years ago when, when you were at Basics, uh, and I was at Edelman, and uh, I briefed you on some things our clients were doing, and I was hoping you could tell our listeners about your journey, how you got from that to, to now you're, you've got all these books and now you're publishing and, and you're involved with automotive and travel. It's an interesting journey. What, uh, what's the story of all that? Well, I, actually, I suspect it's way more than 10 years ago uh, because I think both of us started when we were five. But what, <laughs> yeah, right. what, happened, what happened was very simple. Originally, Basics was focused on studying how people work with information. About in the 2000. 2003-2004 time frame, we became a think tank dedicated to studying the issue of information overload and pulled away from a lot of other activities that we were doing. We then found out about nine or ten years later that it's actually possible to become overloaded by spending ten years working on the problem <clears throat> of information overload. <laughs> so, a variety of circumstances uh, led all of us to think of other alternatives. We had started an experimental online travel magazine 
as a way of studying how people interacted online with it um, as part of our research. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we had 25,000 readers a month uh, without any marketing or anything, any, any effort spent on getting readers. So <clears throat> we, we said, hmm, maybe there's something to this publishing thing. And it kind of took off to a point, point where we now have about 2 million readers of our various publications online and a very robust uh, enterprise syndication business. So it, it's kind of been a big change. I, I love writing. I love travel. I love uh, all things automotive. And the opportunity to focus... <coughs> excuse me, I'm getting all choked up thinking about it. But the opportunity to focus on this has been very gratifying. So I believe that I'm suffering from information underload. Is that something that you can help me with? Yeah, open up and say... No, it's... <laughs> information overload is actually the most democratic problem in the world. It doesn't discriminate. It doesn't care if you're male, female. doesn't care where you are. Unless you're returning from an extended Martian holiday, the chances are you're overloaded. The problem is most people don't actually realize that they're overloaded, and they don't take steps to reduce both the overload that they have to deal with on a daily basis, nor do they take steps to lessen the impact of their actions such as CCing 2,000 of their closest work associates on an important email um, on, on their colleagues. It's, it's, a, it's a very costly problem. It, what, what led us into this was going back to 2003 where we began to monetize the cost of information overload. And <clears throat> we didn't realize what we were getting into that no one had actually monetized it before Eventually, our, the last figures we published showed that information overload cost the U.S. economy $988 billion in calendar year 2010. Uh, my book, Overload, which you referenced earlier, came out in 2011, in part based on a lot of those numbers. But it's, it's a huge cost. And I'll just explain one quick thing about it that will put it, put this in perspective for the listeners. Yeah, please. Um, I, I, I literally stumbled upon a phenomenon that I called recovery time. Recovery time is the time it takes you to get back to where you were after you've been interrupted. It could be an interruption from an instant message, an email, a text, someone knocking at the door, someone ringing the bell. could be a self-interruption. doesn't really matter. The problem is recovery time is about 10 to 20 times the amount of the actual interruption. So you could be interrupted by me for 30 seconds, yet the recovery time is immense. And if you figure out how many times on average you're interrupted, regardless of the origin, and then you sit back and you say, I've always wondered what happened to a third of the day, why I'm just lost. I just told you where it went. I, I remember reading somewhere, I think there was a book called Multitasking is a Myth. Is that pretty much what you're saying? Uh, yeah, it's most people, 99.9% um, .9 can't successfully multitask. All you're doing is uh, achieving a escalating series of interruptions. And as you interrupt more and more, you're causing the recovery time to build up and slowing things down. 
So people who pride themselves on being more efficient are actually less efficient if they're trying to multitask and do things at the same time, whereas focusing on a task would be, in almost everyone's case, the ideal way of proceeding. I remember sitting back with Jeff Pappos, who was the co-CEO of Lotus at the time, maybe 10, 15 years ago, whenever he was co-CEO, and he was modeling, he had actually in front of a very large group of people modeled at how his daughter could multitask by doing her homework, chatting with her friends, doing all sorts of things all at the same time. And afterwards I said to him, I said, Jeff, so did you actually look at her homework? Um, or did it take her three times as long to do her homework? It, it's a very uh, prosaic issue to look at. It, it's, there's no rocket science here. If I could figure out the phenomenon of recovery time, anyone could. I'm not claiming any genius yeah. in that. Right. Yeah, it's it's a it's a pervasive issue, and I think uh, I think there are a lot of people who are misled into believing that they can accomplish much more than they really can. Do you have any other suggestions for for marketers like like us who are exposed uh, to so much information? What what do we do to 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 uh, to fight this? Sorry, could could you hold for a second? I'm chatting with 26 people while I'm trying to answer the question, <laughs> and I'm also appearing on the Johnny Carson show. Um, it's, it's really, it, it's really a question of just focusing on the task at hand. This is so simple that I don't understand why everyone isn't able to do it, but there, there are some reasons. Um, I'll explain. Uh, the, the biggest is FOMO. Um, FOMO is a huge problem today and that's what keeps people self-interrupting. Did I miss this? Did I miss that? What is that? Um, you said FOMO. What, 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 is that? what does that stand for? Fear of missing out. Fear of missing out, right. I knew that. Yes. And um, this, this is a scourge because one of the reasons we stop and start looking at our phones is because of FOMO. Uh, why are friends having a better time, having a better dinner, having a better experience at work, driving a better car, um, whatever, while we're doing this mundane thing that we are doing. It, 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 it constantly, constantly uh, keeps people engaged in something that they really could wait 10 or 15 minutes. So here are the problems that really explain it. Um, we have a, um, a, a group of people who have very little patience. And at the same time, a lot, a good part of the population that's come into the workforce in the past 15 or 20 years grew up uh, under the influence of Fred Rogers. Um, there are two Freds I, I blame on this, um, Fred Rogers and Fred Smith. And uh, in fact, the chapter in my book is called The Two Freds. Uh, Rogers created Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and he clearly told every kid, um, he was special. Fred yep. Smith created FedEx and created a culture where instant gratification is the norm. My father was the CEO of a very large company in the photographic industry, and they shipped things that people ordered by sending in order forms through the mail, and the order form came in, it was processed, uh, packed, you know, checked, shipped, 
And yeah, maybe seven, ten days later, the package got there and people were anticipating it and really looked forward to it. Today, if I order something by four o'clock and it's not on my desk by 10.30 in the next morning, I'm stalking the UPS driver online to see where the truck was. Yep. So <clears throat> the combination of people who were told that they're special who, as a result, um, think what they're doing is more important than what anyone else could possibly do at the time, combined with this need for instant gratification has created a very, very dangerous um, uh, occurrence that results in constant interruptions because, again, you couldn't possibly be doing anything as important as what I'm doing, and uh, I'm just going to interrupt you. So with all that, um, plus the phenomenon of recovery time, you see how it all adds up. Yeah, I also really, would like to... That's it. While we're blaming Fred's, I would like to take this opportunity to blame Fred Flintstone for convincing fat guys that they could all get hot wives, and that that's uh, that's been a big problem for our society. But yeah. I wanted to ask you one more question, and we got to go to break. The publications you're working on, a lot of them are related to business travel. A lot of us are business frequent business travelers. Do you have a tip uh, that? Uh, you could say for us, what's your, what's your super secret tip maybe for our, our listeners on uh, effective business travel? Well, I think effective business travel is simply having a goal in mind as to what you're going to do. But what really, my, my biggest tip is that you actually should set aside a couple of hours to enjoy the destination, wherever you may be. That's something I'm very big on, especially if I'm going to a place I've never been before. If uh, I'm, I'm going to uh, Oslo in a few days, haven't been there. Uh, yes, I have a meeting, but I plan on spending at least a day getting to see part of the city. And that, I think, is so important to integrate into the business travel experience that uh, I put it above anything else, perhaps, except the successful meeting itself. People worry about silly things um, in travel, but I I'd say that's my biggest tip. And that's a great one. I, I would have to say, enthusiastically endorse that idea. I try to do the same when I'm traveling. And Eddie, I know you do too. And speaking of Eddie, we're going to talk to Eddie Backash in just a minute. We're going to take a break, but stay with us. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Have you found that PR firms are overexpensive and underdeliver? Have you hired a smart team of senior pros and ended up with a young team of raising grads? Well, you're not alone. We've had the same experience. That's why we created Lightspeed PR. Lightspeed isn't like other agencies. We're here to deliver results and do it quickly. It's right there in the name. By the way, we can't bait and switch because junior team members don't exist at Lightspeed. Visit LightspeedPR.com and learn more. We are ready to help. That's LightspeedPR.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. 
Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned into Marketing at Lightspeed with Ethan Raziel. We'd love to hear from you today. Call into the program at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to Ethan at lightspeedpr.com. Now back to the show. And we are back. You are listening to the Marketing at Lightspeed program. I'm your host and your waiter, Mr. Ethan Raziel. I am honored and thrilled to have as our next guest, Eddie Backash. Eddie, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Eddie, you are a member of a small club. The number of people that have been clients of mine, both with Edelman and with Lightspeed. I think there are three people in that club. One of them was uh, Linda Musgrove, who was a guest a few weeks ago. And you've been the same. And the, the really fascinating thing about it is that you were a client with two wildly different companies that have something very interesting in common. And, and maybe you could tell our, our listeners about American Pearl and how that led you to space time. Absolutely, yeah. It's um, well. The first thing I want to say is I really feel fortunate uh, to have worked with you and Edelman um, over the years. I think everything that was stated, uh, you know, about your approach is really true. And you know, sometimes when people listen to a radio show and they they hear things that you know they they take it with a grain of salt. Um, as someone who has lived through the experience for over, you know, a decade with you and Edelman, um, there's a lot of truth to what you said, and not many companies can really deliver on that promise. So that's a testament to you. So congratulations. Well, um, uh, that's uh, that's lovely of you to say. Thanks. Yes, and so I run a. Uh, an e-commerce uh, conglomerate, and it's composed of uh, three different companies. One of them, and this is where I am today, um, one of them is AmericanPearl.com, one of them is AmericanDiamondShop.com, and another one is The Jewelry Replicator. And they all have synergies, and basically... Um, 
about 20 years ago, we started an e-commerce company to sell products online, not thinking the internet would be what it is today. And we were the first customers of, you know, Google and Yahoo and MSN and GoTo.com, which later became Overture. And, you know, we lived through the entire thing, double click. And, you know, we really grew with the internet and we learned how to sell products online. And I was actually working at William Morris Talent Agency in the agent training program. And I would visit my father's um, brick and mortar company in the heart of the Diamond District in New York City. And he was getting older and wanting to retire. Um, he asked me to take over his business. So, you know, it was a tough choice leaving, you know, the most sought after job in New York City at William Morris Agency in the agent training program. Um, I watched my father, who had given you know so much to his family, um, ask me this question. So I, I took over the business. Uh, being into computers and technology, we created this website. And as the internet grew, we grew. And now what we do um, is we sell jewelry, um, diamonds, diamond engagement rings. We have a feature called Build Your Own Diamond Ring, where customers could literally search through hundreds of millions of dollars of diamonds, loose diamonds, look at a gorgeous setting, add the diamond to the setting, put it in their shopping cart, and then check out. They can customize you know, the metal color, the metal purity, um, the side stones. Everything about the product can be changed. Each piece becomes a snowflake. It's one of a kind. And the promise is we'll create this masterpiece for you in a few days in, you know, real time and get it to you using 3D printing technology. And we use 3D printing or additive manufacturing to create the form of the product um, that you've just created online using this mass customization tool. And then um, we deliver it to consumers. Um, the other, Eddie, I have to ask uh, you. I have to ask you this question. Yeah. I know the answer, but I think our readers won't. Why would I give my wife a three D printed diamond when she deserves a real diamond? Well, that's actually funny. Um, we don't three D print the diamond or the gemstone. We three D print the design <laughs> of the jewelry that the gemstones and the pearls and um, the diamonds go into. Um, and it, it's amazing because. Um, you know, when you go to a jewelry store, you get to buy what the manager of the store put in their showcase. And that's just a few things, and often, you know, multiple copies of a few things. Well, you know, with 3D printing and mass customization and online e-commerce, you're in this virtual environment where you can create anything you want. And we've learned that people really want anything. And they want to create things, um, which is why, you know, our business is really booming right now. And uh, then, you know, because of the help of Ethan, we've created something called uh, the Jewelry Replicator. And that's even more fascinating because consumers can log on and it's a social network and they can just, you know, use words to describe items that they want. They could upload images of things that have, you know, been in the family. 
or that they want, and we use the latest technology to recreate those pieces um, that you can't find anywhere in the world using the latest technology, um, the best processes, the finest quality materials, gold, gemstones, all at wholesale pricing. Um, and you can go to AmericanPearl.com right now, and you can just click on the Replicator tab. You can browse the website and just see all the products, whether it be a diamond engagement ring or a pearl earring. Everything is customizable um, in real time, and, and that's a great thing. So while I was doing this, um, I really fell in love with 3D, and I was able to incubate another company called uh, Spacetime 3D, and Spacetime 3D is a browser and 3D search system, which you'll see a lot in the marketplace on different devices, and it's gotten coverage in the Wall Street Journal, PC Magazine, The Economist. It's gotten a lot of exposure um, because it was a really novel way for consumers to use the things that they use on the desktop or their mobile phone, it basically the operating system controls, but in a three-dimensional environment. So we were very lucky that we had the opportunity to incubate this company, and Edelman, uh, where Ethan Raziel was working at the time, helped us bring this product to market and enjoy the success uh, and uh, the viewership that uh, it, it got. So, um, so, Eddie, question for you. You, you, since you've launched these two very different companies, well, you didn't launch American Pearl. I know your father did, Charlie did, but you've, you've promoted American Pearl and you've promoted Space Time. Have you noticed a difference between the jewelry consumers and the kind of techie consumers who are using a web browser and the way that you market to them? Or has it been basically the, the same process? Absolutely. Um, it's very different. I mean, when you create an e-commerce site, um, you know, you're creating a total experience using everything at your fingertips, multimedia, text, you know, photographs, page layout, um, telephone support, whatever you can. You know, it's like Jeff Bezos of Amazon. He says that it's a thousand little things done right together at the same time. When you create software, it's very different. It's sandcastle building. You really you disappear for years and years. You create a great product um, that's in the form of software. You test it. You know you alpha test it. You beta test it. Um, you pour a lot of time and energy, and then you have you know one great product release. Not every software application needs that approach, but ours did. It being you know 3D browser and search system. I remember you showing me a few years ago that somebody had asked you to create a piece of jewelry out of the Eiffel Tower. Um, Correct. Have you any other? What's the weirdest thing that you've been asked to to create a, a 3D printed version of? Anything else like that that might be interesting? You know, I think I don't think I think what people are asking for are unusual pieces. You know, when you think of jewelry, a lot of people don't really understand it, but, you know, jewelry is a lot of different things to a lot of different people. You know, jewelry is art. 
You see it in museums, jewelry is entertainment. People purchase it when they're in Las Vegas or traveling. Uh, jewelry is a commodity. You know, gold and diamonds are worth what they are, uh, you know, in the commodities market. And, you know, jewelry is entertainment. Um, you just, you know, you want to buy it. Um, it's fashion. So it's a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And people always step forward and they ask for, you know, different types of creations. You know, sometimes uh, you'll see a ring uh, that a husband and wife have designed together that are symbolic for them. Um, I'm trying to think of the different, uh, you know, we get a lot of uh, animal pieces. People love their animals. They want to see their animals manifest in jewelry. Um, wow. Is anybody, did they actually, like, did they scan the animal to make it an actual, uh, you know, authentic representation? We haven't, we haven't scanned, you know, an animal yet. Uh, but <laughs> yet. we've made, yeah. you know, we've made cats, elephants, fish, um, all sorts of really amazing uh, sculpted jewelry pieces. Right. But one thing I want, I want to just, I know, I know more about your company than I do a, a lot of them. And one thing I can say is there's a lot of companies out there making trinkets and, and 3D printed uh, uh, flim flam, but what you make at, a, uh, at American Pearl is, is uh, premium high-end jewelry, just at, at more affordable prices. And uh, I am I am wearing an engagement ring that you made right now, and my wife is is wearing her her diamond ring that you made uh, as well. So this is uh, this is the real deal, and it's it's uh, it's high quality. It's it's actually higher yeah, quality than you can get in some stores. So you guys, yeah, our competitors, yeah, our competitors are Tiffany, Cartier, Harry Winston. We're very high end, but what you know? Let's just talk a second about 3D and how it's transformed our industry. Before, um, you know, it's one thing to have an electronic e-commerce site where people can purchase virtually, but with 3D and 3D printing and 3D designing, the the promise and the great thing here is in the olden days, jewelers would take off-the-shelf parts, metal, a torch, you know, and they would form and shape uh, jewelry pieces by hand and fit gemstones into these free-formed pieces that, you know, weren't always perfect. Now, with 3D printing, you can create, you know, these unbelievable complex designs that otherwise would never have been possible, specific to the gems that you create, the color of the gem, the proportion of the gem, and 3D print these precise, very specific pieces and have, you know, beautiful masterpieces create, created that have never been seen before. Um, and it, it's not only in design form, it's in mechanical form. You can achieve mechanical structures using 3D printing for jewelry to create uh, beautiful objects that were never possible. So, you know, it's not only jewelry, but this idea of 3D printing and designing and bringing to market and disrupting, you know, an old industry that was done a certain way, I think is really important and a lot of small businesses and industries can really benefit from that. All right, good. That's very well said. Eddie, uh, if anybody wants to reach you, what's the best way to get in contact with you? 
the best way is to go to AmericanPearl.com, and under customer service, um, there's a contact us link. Awesome. And uh, Jonathan, I forgot to ask you this before, but uh, before we go to break, what's the best way for people to reach you? Uh, you mean they, you want them to increase my overload? Yeah, uh, we want to we want to really overload you. <laughs> uh, just drop me an email, Jonathan Spira S P I R A at Acura A C C U R A Media Group dot com. All right, terrific. We will take a short break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion with Jonathan and Eddie. Stay with us. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network have you found that pr firms are over expensive and under deliver have you hired a smart team of senior pros and ended up with a young team of recent grads well you're not alone we've had the same experience that's why we created Lightspeed PR. Lightspeed isn't like other agencies. We're here to deliver results and do it quickly. It's right there in the name. By the way, we can't bait and switch because junior team members don't exist at Lightspeed. Visit LightspeedPR.com and learn more. We are ready to help. That's LightspeedPR.com. How is your marketing going? Really? Mm-hmm. Not so good. What could you be doing wrong? You spent a lot of time and money on your marketing, tried to follow what other successful people are doing, and yet your business marketing plan is still coming up short. Try something new. Tune into Extreme Exposure, the power of personality marketing, with host Jackie McClinigan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. It just might work for you. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Marketing at Lightspeed with Ethan Raziel. We'd love to hear from you today. Call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Ethan at LightspeedPR.com. Now back to the show. Okay, and we're back. Can't tell you how happy I am to have you with us and listening to the Marketing at Lightspeed program and... I couldn't be more thrilled with the two superstar guests that have joined us, Jonathan Spira and Eddie Backash. And we have just a few minutes left, but uh, Jonathan, first, I wanted to ask you to remind, I did mention it at the beginning of the program, but remind our listeners of the latest book that you have out. What is it called again? Uh, Meditations and Reflections on the Loss of a Sibling, a Brother's Lament. Uh, the very short story is that when my uh, young, younger brother Greg passed away, I turned to writing as kind of therapy, and I really went at it. After several months, I had a lot of therapy. So I looked at it, and I was 
talking to a, a representative of, I think, either the cable company or the phone company dealing with something relating to one of Greg's accounts, and she had lost a sibling as well. And I told her about the therapy and how I was writing, and she said, you should share that. And I honestly, despite being someone who writes and has written several books and writes lots of articles, I had never thought of sharing these thoughts. But I looked at it. It took a while for it to actually percolate into a book because it is really a difficult topic. And uh, eventually, with the support of very, very close friends and others, uh, it became a book. Uh, you can, it, it's part, part of the proceeds, part of the royalties are being donated to the Polycystic Kidney Disease um, Foundation. Um, and it's not even an expensive book to begin with. It's about $4.50 as a Kindle book at um, Greg's book, G-R-E-G-S book.com. All right. So please check that out. It's super compelling and a good cause. So I wanted to bring this up. Every week, and this is, I think we're here on episode seven of the show, and I've had two guests every week, and every week I have encouraged an argument. I'm always trying to get my guests to disagree on something, and I think it finally happened. When we were in the commercial break, Eddie, well, Eddie, what, what do you think about, about Jonathan's point of view on multitasking? Um, you know, I think it really depends on who you are. And I think I was just coincidentally the other day marveling at how amazing it is with technology to achieve so much multitasking. And we all know why it's important to multitask in you know, a modern world where things are moving fast, there's information at your fingertips, and multiple things are happening all at the same time. But if you're doing your doctoral thesis at Stanford University and you're sitting in a library while you're supposed to be, you know, writing and you're multitasking, you're not going to get too much done. So I think it depends, you know, it's like my father said, everything in moderation. I think it depends who you are and what you're doing. But there are certain situations where I think multitasking is essential. If you run an e-commerce business, I think it's essential because, you know, there are many things happening. Uh, at the same time, especially when you're in season, you know, near Christmas time when there's a lot of business, um, you, you can't survive without that. And what is that? It, you know, it's emailing and messaging and, you know, checking your advertising and checking, you know, in with your employees and, you know, looking, you know, at your outbound shipments, your inbound shipments, whatever it, it might be, having, you know, a smartphone that's always connected to the Internet uh, and having the Internet and connectivity gives you the ability to do so many things at the same time. And, you know, if you're not going to do it yourself in real time, it means hiring other people. Okay, so Jonathan, benefits, just, yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan, is Eddie right? Is there certain situations where multitasking is okay? Um, there are, of course, situations where multitasking is a necessary evil, but uh, I would 
instead say you're talking about something that's both a blessing and a curse at the same time. While Eddie may feel that he's being more efficient and effective by multitasking, I would disagree based on the research I've done and the empirical facts that come out of it. With the, with the caveat that, you know, one in maybe a thousand people actually can pull this off. And Eddie clearly could be one of them. Um, it's most people who I, I don't tell know me if that's they, true. I heard you say that. But, Jonathan, to be quite honest, I think a lot of people can multitask. In fact, if you look at, you know, the up-and-coming generation, you know, they're born with smartphones in their hands, and they're born multitasking. You know, I've got a lot of people that work for me, and I watch them, and I see what they do, and they're all multitasking naturally. And it's something, no, you know, that I think... Confusing, we're confusing being adept with technology and multitasking. Two different things. Yes, people are more adept with technology that we use today than people who are of a previous generation. Uh, clearly, there are some people where VCRs are still blinking at uh, 12 o'clock. But um, our brains haven't been rewired. That's something that takes centuries to actually happen. So what's, what's happening is that people today are bouncing from negative information to negative information and paying the penalty with recovery time, which is not something you realize. You don't sit with your uh, watch and say, oh, I have four minutes of recovery time left. Let me you know, enjoy this. It's not something that you realize. Um, that's why it's so hard to grab so what is, how what is reco- devastating what is recovery the problem time? is. Recovery time is the time it takes but, but that's a person to get... Sorry? To get back to where you are. And this is what, this is what we were talking about. And what, what I, was, I was explaining to Ethan is that I've taught myself to create a handle to quickly come back to the thing that I left when I need to have it back. Yeah, so if except, you're on a live when chat, you don't. sending an email, you know, there. checking your inventory and, you know, filling out, you know, a form, which you can do at the same time because, you know, the person who's live chatting, you may not be doing it consistently. They may break or you, all, you, you can teach yourself just you know, by force of habit how to get back to the things that you were doing. So am I wrong in terms of what, you think recovery time is? Well, there's no right or wrong. Um, And if you're addressing snippets of this, snippets of that, they're all going to... um, It it also requires how much deep thought and reflection is required for a specific activity. If you're deep in reflection and thought, you may never get back to where you were. That sentence you were just about to write for the advertising campaign and news release may be lost forever. Um, this is something we can't even really measure except what we, we did a, a tremendous amount of surveys over a period of time. We surveyed over 10,000 knowledge workers. We interviewed them. We did over-the-shoulder analysis, and this is what brought us to, this, to these conclusions. That doesn't mean it happens every time. That doesn't mean you're wrong. What it does mean, though, is that jumping around from task to task is not really advisable, and because of the fact that knowledge workers do not recognize when recovery time is occurring, 
it's very hard to measure the impact. So you don't really feel it. Um, it's just at the end of the day, there is a penalty and you've lost some time. On the other hand, it's also something I don't think we can really do too much about except take small steps in trying to minimize how much we let it intrude to our lives. So that, how are you defining recovery time? Recovery time is the time it takes you to get back to where you were before you were interrupted, and that's typically, again, this is a very broad average based on the 10,000 people we studied, uh, 10 to 20 times the duration of the interruption. Aren't you you interrupting yourself if you're moving on to the next task that's part of your multitasking? Hey, guys. So if you're in the middle of an email and you're like... Hey, Eddie. Yeah. Got to, uh, got to interrupt yeah. because we're, we're uh, just about reached the end of the program. First of all, thank you both for that debate. I think you should uh, continue that on Facebook or LinkedIn or online. Uh, I want to encourage you to visit AmericanPearl.com. I want to encourage you to visit AcuraMediaGroup.com as well as CarpenterNYC.com. Our hosts have been, well, our host has been Ethan Raziel, and we've had Eddie Backash and Jonathan Spira. Thank you for listening, and come back next week. Thank you, Ethan. so much for listening this week to Marketing at Lightspeed. Please join Ethan Raziel next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help you improve your marketing one show at a time.